Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't know, So, and welcome back to another episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live from CIC Miami, y'all. Man, like I said, another dope episode. We talking Canes getting their ass beat, Finns getting their ass beat. Marlins are surprising a couple of us. USA is taking on European golf tournament. And of course, Chelsea keeps it rolling. Man, it's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Whenever the situation calls for it, doggy, I just want you to know that I'm phone delivered, dog. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just going to come, come through. That's you're, what I do. You're clutch. That's what you're I do. I mean, clutch. I don't want to say clutch, but <laughs> people, you're, you're people have been through? known to say that about me, you know? Like who? <laughs> a couple homies. Point, point them out. My mama. A couple <laughs> homies, you know? They know what time Bobby it is. Bobby do say clutch. Yeah, they know what's up. <laughs> what's good, doggy? I'm back. It's good to have you back. Zach, and then one piece. Who would have thunk? Thank God. <laughs> but let's see if you have the same fate next week. Hey, you here we a, go, bro. You got a crazy weekend ahead yes, of you. Sir. Are you excited? I am excited, man. Um, for those who don't know, your boy Soso is going to be in the building. We're going to be in Las Vegas for Dolphins versus Raiders. Woo! That's going to be a hell of a game. Brand new stadium. I feel like they just took off. Like, you know how you walk into or when you get a new car and you jump in that car and it has that smell for like two months? That stadium still has new stadium smell. So I'm I'm dying to go over there. Hopefully we're going to get this dub. Um, and yeah, bro, it's going to be dope, bro. Going out there with a couple of homies for the bachelor party. You know how we do. And it's going to be fun, bro. I'm really hoping that the Dolphins win this freaking game, though, dog. <laughs> well, I was really hoping the Dolphins were going to win our last game oh, while man. I was watching it in Vegas. Uh, Heartbreaker. All these different degenerate gamblers and different sports fans and stuff. And uh, it was brutal to get beat down like that, man. Brutal. Bro, let's talk about it. I, it was a 35 to 0 ass kicking, right? By our conference rivals and now Buffalo first place Bills in the division, Buffalo Bills. And we said it, you know, we got to we got to throw it out there. We, the division runs through Buffalo. Nothing new there. Did we have high hopes for our Dolphins team? Absolutely. Did they let us down? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what was most disappointing, Jay Dog, and you could probably attest to this, Dog, um honestly, it's the energy that they played with. The mistakes uh, the the dumb penalties, the not making catches, like the simple shit that that you would expect a football team, a professional football team, to do week in week out, bro. We didn't see it at all, and that's what led to the ass kicking. And then the worst part about it is, well, depending on who you ask, right, and how they feel about this guy, Tua got hurt, and that just brought up a whole bunch of questions, a whole bunch of people talking shit, a whole bunch of people saying this and that about Tua and Brissett and and what the Dolphins going ha- going have going on. To me, it's like, are we that fickle that we're just gonna drop something at the at the drop of a dime and just be like, nah, this guy's damaged goods because he got hurt? Like, is that what's really going on, dog? We'll get into that. We'll get into that in just a second. But I want to go back to you know why Tua got. Well, got injured and why he got pulled out the game. And early on, man, I don't know where our coaching was at because we had two fourth downs that we went for it, including Bro. the one where Tua got hurt. That was a fourth down play. 
and he ends up getting knocked out. We could have, I think we, I don't know if we were in field goal range. I think the first one, we were like right inside there. Like the first one, we weren't. The second one, yes. It was weird. Like we could have pinned them back in the, you know, close to their end zone, right? Instead of going for it, which we didn't get it. And then the second one, we could have had the points. And it's like, all right, now we're on the board and we still have our quarterback for the rest of the game. But mind you, he ends up getting smacked, stays down, ends up getting carted off the field. We think it's a lot worse. Not off the field. He walked off. He walked off the field, but he got carted. But then he got the carted field. to the to, to the, the locker room. To the locker room. Yeah. So he got he got carted. So it's like, damn, what what's going on? Really, you know, how bad? What's the extent of this injury? And well, you know, fast forward to yesterday or this morning. You know, we now it's it's been confirmed, I believe, that it's bruised ribs. Right. And he may be able to play next week in uh, Las Vegas against the Raiders, pending you know his threshold for pain. So my thing is shoot the boy up with cortisone starting run. today. You know, give him a steroid or two, you know, maybe a couple doses of the vaccine. Whatever you got to do to get the guy out there to Vegas to play. Because without Tua, you know, we, we said Jacoby's a good backup. You know, if, if Tua needs a breather, if Tua needs to sit down. But clearly, it, clearly Jacoby Brissett cannot lead this Dolphins team. This is not his team to lead. Boy, were we wrong about that guy. And look, for any quarterback in the league is tough right especially a backup quarterback you're coming in you're you're trying to find your flow into the game that's already started mind you Tua went out on like the second series second yeah so it was it was still just like a fresh game just everything happening but he he honestly besides the things that we know about him right he can throw the ball downfield um he has an ability to move in the pocket sometimes to create time to throw the ball other than that He's never been like, uh, I don't know, <clears throat> a really good, accurate wide receiver. Somebody who other teams' defenses fear, like, damn, now they have Brissett in, and like, what's he going to do? You mean quarterback? You just called him quarterback. Receiver. My bad. My bad. <laughs> I was well, like, but he was looking like he was trying to play running back out there because I saw him scrambling and running more to try to pick up plays because there was just nothing out there for him. I, or, I mean, he just wasn't getting rid of the ball. There, I think there was plays. There was there opportunities. Him, but I don't think he was He was just making the most of them. He was scrambling. Looked slow as hell. We weren't running the ball. We didn't utilize Gaskin. At all. You know, then we then we have, oh, man. And then, you know, we just, everything, what can go, you know, what can go wrong will go wrong at that point. Then we have that muff punt by Jalen Waddle. At and that I've been, point, and look, I've been talking, and I've been talking about putting Waddle being that return guy. You know what I mean, and and, and doing some crazy stuff, and hopefully thank you for you know, saying that. I got you know I can admit keep you know, real. and I, I do real, because I do I still do believe he has that the X factor when it comes to that. He can maybe change the, the the momentum of the game and and like get a quick score, and then maybe now it's twenty one to seven versus twenty one to zip. You know, and then now now we're back in the game, but you know. We didn't have anything good going for us. Maybe he's nervous. Maybe he feels pressured that he needed to make that big play right there. And then, you know, it comes out of his hands. I think we ended up getting it back. It ended up not being ruled a fumble or whatever, but we just couldn't get anything going. You could just tell that he was trying to make something happen, right? Create some type of spark. And, you know, kind of something that you said where Brissett did get opportunities where he can throw the ball downfield, right? And, And find wide receivers. But guess what? The same props that we were giving to the wide receivers last week from the previous game about making catches and, and putting Tua in places where he can look good for making the throw and them actually catching it. This week or this past week, these guys failed to do that. 
for some type of consistency. We had, I think, like six drop passes total. Albert Wilson had like two. Parker. How about the touchdown? The, the touchdown. Parker, I'm done with Devontae Parker, by the I'm, way. Me too. But And I said it before. If it wasn't for him, granted, we didn't play great as a team. But if he does his job on that one particular play, at least we save face and don't get shut out. And and then and not like this thirty five to zero. The bro. worst part about that, Jay Dog. Honestly, the worst part about that, Jay, is the fact that those are the plays that we expect you to make. I don't expect like I'm not out there trying to see you make ten catches for under ten yards or under fifteen yards. Nah, man, you're a big dude. I want you to be out there making those touchdown plays. That's what you're here for. That's how why we drafted you. That's why the people were behind you. And then when you don't get the, the opportunity or when you don't take advantage of the opportunity presented, right, to make that big play and probably shift the momentum, then, again, rookies like Jaden Waddle feel the pressure to be like, damn, Big Bro ain't coming through. I got to be the one to step up and spark something up. And look, he had a great game, man. Uh, Waddle was our leaving wide receiver. Six catches, 48 yards, and he probably could have had a touchdown. It, had things gone better for him, he, you know, he probably could have had a touchdown. And he was, again, our most consistent wide receiver, our best wide receiver that day, and he's our rookie. That can't be the, the, the type of strategy we use to beat teams, especially a team like Buffalo, where you know that you're going into it kind of underhanded, right, because you know that you don't have the same type of defensive power that they have. You can match up defensively, but technically they have the better defense. Offensively, they have a better quarterback, better O-line. Our O-line is in freaking shambles right now. And that was the one thing that I was like, man, I feel like these guys can build some type of consistency to help Tua. And what do they do? They let Tua get smashed. And when you have a guy like Tua back there, you know that you have to protect him at all costs because of his size, because of how he's not able to take those hits. But that doesn't mean that Tua is a bad quarterback. That just means that we are not putting him in the best position where he can make the best decision or the best play for us as an offense. I don't know about you, bro, but I felt like the offense struggled mightily under Brissett. And if Tua doesn't play on Sunday, I feel like we're going to see a repeat of that because the Raiders are a good team. They're 2-0, dog. Oh, yeah. No, the Raiders are looking good right now, especially, you know, coming off this this win right now this week. Um I forgot, I forgot who they played, but it was a hell of a game. Um, <clears throat> yeah, man. Uh, that right now, going into that game, you know, they beat the I Steelers. But I don't feel uh, that. Was, oh, that 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 was yeah, because the Steelers played the Bills week one, right? Um, so yeah, you're right. They beat the Steelers, um, which is a really impressive win. Derek Good Carr, win, man. Derek Carr. I think they 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 came from behind or something like that to end up winning. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point, they got a really good team. They got a good defense. Um, they got a, a great offense. They got a, you know a lot of talent there, even though they have some some issues right now at running back. Um, Derek Carr's a beast, man. Derek Carr's a, a proven, you know, professional quarterback, right? Um, so they're going to do what they want, you know, with us. And that was a problem. You know, our defense, there was moments where our defense didn't great. Xavier Howard, shout out to him. Another had, pick. Had another takeaway, which was beautiful. Um, you know, they, they did what they could, but he, he also got mossed by Stephon Diggs right down the sideline, yep. which was disgusting. It was a jump ball. Diggs being the bigger man, he was just able to get get up to the higher point. Positioning came too. down with it, and then I mean, just his reaction, bro, was disgusting. He just he didn't even move. He just looked at Howard the whole time, like just basically disrespect. Saying, yeah, that just disrespected disrespect. him, bro. Just straight disrespected him. Like I know you think you're bad, but I'm better. You know what I mean? And he, he got exposed on that one play right there because he was all over him, but he he didn't have the the height. To, to, to go up there with him. You know what I mean? So he got exposed, in my opinion. And, and, and both of those guys tr- 
played good games on the defensive side. Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. Yeah, Both corners played well. You're going to give a place, and especially to a guy like Diggs, when you have a beast of a quarterback like Josh Allen throwing to you rockets. You know what I mean? So, like, you're going to – you're eventually going to beat the best wide receiver – the best DB in the in the game or one of the two, right? Yep. And then talking about Josh Allen, I mean, he had our number. He did whatever he damn well pleased. They're running backs, both Singletary and Moss had touchdowns. You had Stephon Diggs that had a touchdown. Um, you know, uh, tell me, you got the stats in front of you. Yeah. How, how many rushing yards did Josh Allen have against us? Because 35. That dude, really? Well, those 35. 35 yards were probably some of the most important yards. Yeah. Those 15 were always, yard run. Those were always like, you know, things that like gave him the first down or like he scrapped towards the end of the game where he scrambled and stuff like that and just kind of kept moving the, the chains. They just do, did whatever the hell they wanted with us, man. They just, they ragged all this. If you think about it too, bro, a lot of the coaching decisions that we made really killed us. Those two fourth and down, fourth early, and twos, early, early as no hell reason. when we're down to a better offensive team. Like, those are things that, that really mess up the momentum and the belief system that you guys have because it feels like you're not sticking to the plan. You're panicking. You're reacting to them being up 14-zip or whatever, and you're like, well, we got to get points or we got to get – nah, bro, stick to your game plan. What's our game plan? You know what I mean? We didn't pin these guys once. We made them drive the length of the field football one time. The rest of the time, these guys were playing pretty much with short yardage, 50 yards, 60 yards the game. How the hell are you gonna be to beat beat a team like Buffalo like that, dog? So back to it, the the coaching wasn't ready. You know, I felt like we lost this game like this, thirty five zip, because of coaching. Straight up, decisions made by Coach Flo and his staff did not work out. Anything that these guys tried did not work out, and they got to they got to take the fall on that for this week, man. They got to take the fall I, on I, that. I, I agree with you, but to the extent of the mistake that caused Tua to exit the game. That that's solely on coaching. That fourth down situation, no need to go for that. It just it ruined the rest of the game for you because you can give up that play and you know go on and all right, let's go on our defense now and then let's regroup with two again and you get another drive. It's like it's like golf, right? Like like how you and I look at golf. It's like, yeah, we were not going to break par. We're not there, right. so we're not looking at, at the entirety of it. But we want little wins. We want you know every every new tee shot is a brand new opportunity for par. Absolutely, it's a whole new hole. So it, it, it should be looked at. They should look at it like that. It's like every drive is a new scoring opportunity. And if you can't get that score, the three or the six, punt it away. Punt it away. There's no shame in that. There's plenty of time left in this game. It's super early. Super but now, early. now what have we done? Now we lost our starting quarterback that there's all these questions and speculation surrounding that. Is he the guy? You got guys in his draft class that appear to be better than him. You have guys that are younger than him that appear to be better than him. You got guys that are being um, that that have you know media scrutiny right now and allegations that you know people are asking for them to be traded to us because they don't believe in the guy that we have right now. Let's talk about that, dog. Let's talk about that, bro. It wasn't even two seconds after Tua got hurt, and you instantly see the tweets. Oh, we should have got Sean Watson. We here we come. Gone. Let's go. Uh, and I, and in my mind, I'm like, y'all tripping. Anybody who was saying that to me, y'all tripping. Because when we got to her, y'all were hyped, and now he's not throwing for 400 yards a game, so now you think he sucks. Mind you, this is technically still his first year of starting games. We haven't, we haven't gotten a chance to see anything. Josh Allen is who he is, but you think that he w- he just came out of college being an NFL oh, MVP Josh type Josh Allen struggled his rookie year. He did okay. There was promise. Bounce. And you, but his second year, he, uh, he elevated. He got a full season to play, and he grow. elevated. You give him time. 
You give him time. You Ky- just Kyler Murray first season a couple years ago didn't you know he he was explosive, but he struggled. He got he's gotten mightily. progressively better with time. And look now, Kyler Murray again starting starting quarterback feels very comfortable, makes all this place for his team, and he's two and zero. And he's just the same size as Tua. And, and nobody, I don't hear anybody talk about that. Nobody, nobody says about that. Says that about Kyler. Yeah, Murray. is he more mobile? Okay, yeah, maybe I'll give him that. But that's but that's about it. Because if you compare arm strength, they're both pretty much equal. If you can accuracy, accuracy, pretty much equal. Speed, even probably speed, pretty much equal. So, like, what are we talking about here? Again, if you don't want to give two of the time to invest in him and be like, all right, you know what? Let me see what you have. Then you know what? We're not going to do that with any quarterback because any quarterback that shows up for the Dolphins is going to be like, well, you got six games. Good luck. And how the hell are we going to find a fucking quarterback for the future? How do the, how are you going to find somebody? You're like, you know what? We're going to and 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 put this person in a position to win not only this year, not only next year, but the next five years, regardless of who's the head coach. Those are the players that we got to look for. That's what, what Tua can be, but we got to give him time. We got to nurture him. We can't just throw him out there and be like, well, you have to succeed immediately because everybody else is succeeding. But guess what? None of those guys are winning championships. All those young quarterbacks, I didn't see not one of those guys playing for the Super Bowl. The only ones who were there was Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. Why? Because those are the the guys that are like, you know what? The team invested in them. I'm going to put the best O-line around them. I'm going to invest the best wide receivers, the best running backs, the best of everything. And that's how we're going to play with our quarterback. And look, that allows Patrick Mahomes to beat Mahomes. Tom Brady can do Tom Brady things at his age right now in Tampa because of that. How do you know you have a guy like that? You're not going to know off a of year one off rip. You know what? Because that guy can be hot. You and I have seen plenty of quarterbacks come in, tear the league up in the first two years. After that, there go the playoff appearances. There go the winning seasons. Now your record is 500. And But you were the man two, three years ago. Everybody wanted this guy. Those are the guys that are winning games that matter, dog. They're not winning to get to the AFC championships and the NFC championship. You feel me? Those that's what we gotta look for. And for somebody to say, well, just off of these eight games that I've seen Tua start, ten games that I've seen Tua start, he ain't it. That's not fair, dog. Because that so, that shows zero vision at all. Because the next guy that comes in, you're gonna treat him to the same shit, and that person can be the best quarterback ever. And we wouldn't know. As Dolphins fans, that's how that's how skeptical we are about that position. That anybody that's even worth it, then we're like. Nah, cause you ain't it because you didn't throw for a fifty yard for fifty touchdowns like that, Marino. Right, that's ridiculous, dog. I just I just hate the fact that you know he hasn't been given a, a fair shot. He did all right last year, and people still like downplayed it, like because of Herbert, you know, and what he did. And it's like it, it was two different things. Like he's a fully healthy you know quarterback, and, and with you know these stud receivers and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and. You know, they, I think they, no, I didn't, I don't think they had Hunter Henry then, but, you know, Austin Eckler in the backfield. I mean, they have these, these high level skill players, which the Dolphins, frankly, we don't have that. Didn't have that last year for sure. And he still had a winning record as a rookie. You know, did he, did he start off better than he ended the season? Yes. So, you know, that left that, that bad taste in some people's mouth that like he kind of, he didn't, he didn't ramp up. He kind of ramped down the other way around. Um, but again, you know, we were excited going into this. He had a full off season to recover, to rest, to really learn the, the, the system and, and the plays and, and, and the scheme and come in here and boom, week one, we get a win against our division rivals in, in, in the new England Patriots. We're rolling on ahead of steam here. Like, yeah, all right, we, we got this. We can, 
we can beat these guys. We can play with the best guys. Right. And to go in, you know, at home and be the only team in the National Football League to not score any points in week two. That's crazy. I mean, that makes me question everything that we've been excited for this season right now, frankly. Top to bottom. That's our first loss like that since 1966. Well, we that's the biggest shutout at home for us against the Bills like that since 1966, homie. So this is bigger than a Tua problem. That's fifty. That's fifty-five years, I think. Yeah. For anybody that's counting, this is bigger than a Tua problem, right? People want to look at Tua because and point him out. It's easy to do that because he's the quarterback. He's the he's gonna be the quote unquote scapegoat no matter what. Always right, no matter what. That's no, the bad guy. I don't hear. I didn't see not one tweet saying, "Damn, our O line sucks." Because guess what? We couldn't even get a push to get some well, type I mean, of rushing yards. That was the reason he got blown up. Well, Miss Block. Let me give you a little something. Miles Gaskin, 25 yards rushing. Malcolm Brown, 21 yards rushing. Opman, 17 yards rushing. Brissett, 8 yards rushing. Total 71. Devin Singletary by himself had 82 yards. Mind you, he had a 46-yard touchdown run to start the game. Well, you talk about the O-line. Our D-line was disappointing me. And even then, they still held them down because after that big run, they kind of checked the, the, the Buffalo's offense as a whole. Not, re- not really. Yo, we held Zach Moss. Look at Zach Moss stats. Zach Moss, he had 26 uh, yards running okay. and receiving another eight. And what did he have as far as touchdowns? He had two touchdowns. But that's what I'm saying. Like, think about it like this, too, right? Josh Allen. If I tell you, yo, we, we held Josh Allen to under 200 yards, bro, you would say, Coño, oh. we were in this game. Yeah. And look, we got blown out. So it's not, again, like throwing for 400 yards and four touchdowns. That's not what it is. We got to look at the entire squad, brother. The O-line is messed up. Our linebackers are not that great. We have one good linebacker in Jerome Baker, dog. Our linebackers are not that great. We're relying heavily on our defensive backs to be the the glue. Hold this, Howard. hold this shit together. No, because even Byron Jones, he's got to get his credit. Both of them had two pass deflections. Both of them played pretty good defense the entire game. Yeah. They, they were up there in the amount of solo that tackles. seven that we were so excited about, man. Where is it at? Where are they? Where, where, where is it at? Where's Ogba? Where, where's Jalen Phillips? Where, you know, where's a, I don't know, man. Where, where are these guys? When your leading tackler is Byron Jones with six, you're not doing well on defense, no. bro. And, and again, this game could have been a lot different had coaching done differently. Those two fourth and two calls were straight trash, straight trash. And I hope and I'm pretty sure that Coach Flo is going to learn from that and be like, all right, that's just never going to happen to me again, right? Because it cost me my, my young quarterback for at least the rest of that game, and we don't know how, other, how far into the future, right? Because we don't and, have Fitzpatrick anymore. Right, and it cost me an embarrassment because now I just got my ass kicked at home in front of all our fans, and now they're going to start to question me. So now this team that went from a really high positive win in week one against the Patriots to take this L against Buffalo, that shit's rough, dog. And now to face a hot team like the Raiders on the road, maybe that helps us because we get away from the distractions of all the questions and shit like that going, going on in Miami. But they're going to have to put a clean game together. Like, we can't be fumbling, for giving up four turnovers. Like, that shit's not going to work for us, dog. It's not going to work for us. Uh, barring something drastic happening, like Derek Carr 
you know, missing the game because of COVID or an injury in practice. His limo got lost on the way to the stadium. Or Darren Waller getting hurt or um, their DN. I forget his name. Um, I, I can't Even Jacobs, bro. Jacobs yeah, has been it, killing it. Or him, Abrams, their DB. I mean, they got they got such a good squad and they're rolling right now and they're going to be at home in, in that crazy palace that they call a stadium. Um, and we're possibly going to be without two. All right, so... If we have a healthy Tua, I, I, I'm feeling good about that game, going into that game. Even, you know, like, let's say Tua would have lost his game. Maybe not in this fashion because I, right. I think Tua stays in the game. We put up points. Absolutely. Frankly, I think that. There's no doubt there's, in my mind that. That we have to, we, have, we don't get shit out of Tua's in the game. Um, but, you know, the fact that we don't know if Tua's going to be 100% ready to go. If he does play, he won't be 100% ready to go. Um, they're doing well. I, it's not looking well, man. I don't. I don't see us winning this game. Unfortunately, obviously, we're not going to be favored this game. Um, I believe the line started at minus six Raiders, um, but it's slowly moving down to like four or five, something like that. I don't know, man. I really feel like for us to have a chance, Tua has to play. Out, you know, like I'm sorry, bro, and no disrespect to Brissett. No disrespect to this guy, but he ain't it. If two ain't it, he definitely ain't it. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't feel comfortable going out there to play a game with Jacoby having two in any type of form or fashion. So, even a 60%, 50% tool, I want him out there, (laughs) filled up with cortisone, wearing a flag jacket with 17 linemen around him (laughs) and one wide receiver. That's it. That's it. But that's what I want because I feel like that gives us, again, like you said, an opportunity to put points on the board, bro. And then who knows, man? Our defense, they've been known to make plays and they can keep us in games. But that's how we're going to win We need to help them out. The offense needs to help them out. And there was no help coming from the offense. None, dog. So it just made it that much worse. And then it it, it amplifies any mistake the defense does make. And, you know, to like, you know, times a thousand because it's like, all right, the offense hasn't been able to score, and now they just scored again on the defense. Like, yep. there's only so much that they can do, man. Yeah, man. They're out we there gotta, for the, pretty we, much the whole game. We, you got to score. You got to score. You got to put up points. So That's what it comes down to. So let me know. What, what do we got? We got a dub this weekend, or we got a L this weekend? Uh man. This isn't like me. Uh-oh. This isn't like me. Uh-oh. Uh, oh, well, I'm glad this is on camera. I, uh, Go ahead. Say it, dog. I'm going to say the Dolphins are not going to win this game. Oof. And you know I I'm not I don't I don't throw that around lightly. Oof, I know you I know you don't play with your dolphins dog. Um, but me, <clears throat> if, if, if we you want to talk about me, right? Me, I'm taking the dolphins, baby. You know why? Because like I said earlier, you want something to root for while you're in the stadium. Hell yeah, I need that. <laughs> and can't go for the Raiders. Can't go for the Raiders. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my boy Jose. Um, but I really feel like the defense can win this game for us. Right? They got embarrassed. They're going to bounce back strongly. They're going to bounce back strongly. If Tua plays, I feel, right, and and plays okay or even well, that is just going to solidify to his teammates to be like, yo, I ain't no bitch. I'm here to play. I'm here to be a winner. I'm here to help us win. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes. If he's that type of quarterback, and he can show that by by not only playing on Sunday, but playing well and helping us get this dub, that's going to go a long way. And it'll shut up a lot of the haters because this man goes out there on some busted ribs and, and wins a game for us on the road after being shut out. What more do you want from this guy? 
give them a chance. You know what I'm saying? Let's see what happens. And uh, and that's what I feel like the Dolphins are going to bank on in this game against the Raiders. All right. Let's see, bro. So, man. Uh, the Dolphins got embarrassed, but they weren't the only Miami team to get no. catching out this weekend and get embarrassed. No. And I feel like this embarrassment was a little bit worse. I called it, though. You did call it, dog. And and, and back to your point, uh, yeah, for sure. UCF, we're talking about the Hurricanes. Yeah, we're talking about the Miami Hurricanes who took a major L to the now 3-0 and Michigan, Michigan State. State Spartans, um, 38-17. to At halftime, the game was 10-7, to and we were down, and, and we really couldn't put anything together offensively. And what bothers me about this game is the same shit that, that we were talking about with the Dolphins, right, where coaching – has a lot to do with the mistakes that were made on the field and how they hurt us. You know, there was in this Michigan State game, there was like four times where Manny Diaz called a blitz to the wrong side. And what did the quarterback do? Um, Peyton Thomas, Thorne, I'm sorry, Peyton Thorne, threw right into the blitz bam, and beat him because he knew he had one-on-one coverage. I'm like, my man. If you get beat like that once, you swallow it. And you're like, all right, it happens. Yeah. Twice, Adjust. you learn your lesson. You got to adjust, though. When it's happening to you for the fourth time in the third quarter, Your then... Your blitz is not going to get there on time. You're not getting there, dog. And and and, and throwing more blitzes at this offense would, was not the answer. And, you know, there are a lot of questions about Manny Diaz, bro. If, if, if he's going to be able to keep his job with these type of losses that we've been taking because, yeah, if you, he's shown us the ups, right, of winning important games. We've been Notre Dame. We've been FSU. You know what I'm saying? Like... A bunch of games, but then again, you get these stinkers in between, and they're so bad and ugly when they happen. And then the confidence that he has, right? And I can't blame him for it, but the confidence doesn't match what the coach speak is it is happening. You get what I mean? Like, yeah, you're pumping up the players, and you got to make decisions on who plays what and whatnot. But how are you being realistic? You know. I don't think he recognizes at this point the the magnitude of negativity that's slowly surrounding him, right? Because a lot of people care about this program, right? I'm just an average fan. I'm hardcore, right? But I didn't go to school there, right? You didn't go to school there. A bunch of people that we that we know are hardcore Kings yeah, fans. Majority of Hurricanes fans they didn't go there. Don't even and, know where the school is. But they're invested, right? They invested time, money. Um, they've brought up their families and their kids to be Hurricane fans, and that's what they do every Saturday. They take the fam out there, and, or they'll take the homies and they'll tailgate. That's a Miami thing. Yeah, the Hurricanes the are our culture thing. So, with that, we expect a level of gamemanship you know what i mean i was telling my boy today i was like man i feel like a lot of the kids care more about the bling and i'm gonna rock the turnover chain and i'm gonna take a picture for recruiting day with my chain on and shit they care about that more than the actual prestige of the hurricanes program which is about championships bro winning dominating you know and and we just haven't seen it it's been such a long time since the the Hurricanes have been in that position, and we all gave Manny the the time and the belief to be like, yo, this is the guy who's going to turn it around for us. And right now, he's yet to promise on that, deliver on that on that promise. He's also not won big games, right, when it comes to, like, nationally televised games. And right now, it feels like the Hurricanes are a laughingstock of 
of college football because people see us get on our ass kicked and it's like, oh man, these are the cocky guys who have the big chain. These are the guys who like to talk a lot of shit, wear the golf piece, uh, mouthpieces and stuff like that. But then on a Saturday, they'll go out there and get their ass kicked by Michigan State. There's no respect. Man. Nobody respects you in football, man. Unfortunately, it's it's true, bro. It's true, and and you saw my post, bro, where Michigan State pretty much tried us. They buried the freaking chain in the sand. They're like turnover. What? Yep. And rightfully so. I mean, if you if you don't come through and deliver, I mean, you, you got to expect that. You know what I mean? You got to get expect to get poked at. And then if you're gonna be that cocky as a program, you know, if you're gonna be a, that player representing the program and always be hype after every individualistic play that you make and everything that you do, not not for the team, but you know, just you and how you look, then that's gonna serve you right when it happens. I mean, for sure, you're only asking for it. For sure, bro. And Again, bro, for me, it's it's it sucks because I, I know what having a good program looks like, right? Because I've seen it, right? I can't say that I was involved in it, but I saw what it was to have what Alabama has right now where they have the first, second, and third string players all be really good, all be really wanted nationally and, and, and be really good football players. I don't know what's missing. I don't know if it's the recruiting, if it's the coaching, if it's the player themselves. I think, it's, it's, I think it starts with the coaching. I think the coaching, you know, I, I think Manny's not the guy. I'm sorry. I think UM needs somebody. I mean, th- you, think, you know, you think about all the great UM national, you know, uh, championship winning coaches from Coker to Schnellenberger to uh, Jimmy Johnson. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, they, they, they all Davis, shared. Butch Davis. Butch Davis. I mean, they all shared something in common, man. And they, those guys were, you know, just – they, they they got to the team together. They 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 really had a team in sync, head to toe, bottom, you know, top to bottom, and and they they had all the pieces. They locally recruited guys. They were heavy on that. People wanted to come once once that tradition started. Now more and more people wanted to come play for the U. But I think somewhere along the line, you know, we lost what was important. To your point, yeah, you know, and and it's about national championships. And I think that the the flair and the turn. I think the turnover chain's got to go. I, I frankly I don't know if it has to go I think right. It's gotta go, bro. But what I don't want it to be, dog, right, is like the emphasis of our program. That can't w- be what our program it's is known about. for right now. The it can't be, dog. No, it needs you to be about winning football. And I saw it on Twitter, bro. There's this uh, recruit. He's a quarterback. You know, a highly recruited national quarterback, whatever, right? And he's tweeting this picture, like, "Yeah, I'm coming to the U," right? And the picture is him holding. The both chains, like looking down on them, like, oh, okay, cool. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And I can see why that appeals to a freaking 17 year old kid, right? Having this huge chunk on your neck, that's dope. Of course, it's dope. But what's it worth if that's dope or to lure Kayin if he's not willing to grind like he should be grinding to be what the you is? Like, like you said, we can't just be the chain you, the turnover chain you. That's what we're known for right now, and that's whack. We need to be known for winning, winning, being a tough team. Then the champion, like the chain and all that shit makes sense because we're winning. You don't see Alabama getting crazy about a chain or a belt or whatever the hell they use no. for a turnover. Nah, man. I, don't get me wrong. In the game, yeah, they might get hyped up because they make a big play. And, and even Alabama struggled against Florida – on the road, albeit, but that's SEC f- football. For the Hurricanes, man, look who you're facing. 
You gotta look at the schedule and be like, yo, these guys should be handling these dudes or these opponents with 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 ease. And the talent that we have or the coaching isn't meshing one way or the other. But I'm with yep. you. That chain needs to be locked away. I don't want to see touchdown rings. I want to see when it first came out when winning. Manny when Manny was just defensive coordinator, you know, and that was his his, his way to wrap up his team. Right. You know what I mean? That's fine. But then it's like, what are we doing for the offense, bro? Where's the offense at? You got the Eric King. What else do you got? You got, uh, was it Har- Hardy? Har- Hardy? Yeah. Was it, what's his last name? Harley? Who? Oh, Mike Harley. Yeah. Mike Harley, right? And look, Rambo. He's the best. And Rambo. Rambo balled out. And Those so did the Eric King. Those players. are two guys that look like they want to win. Yeah, but it's the O-line. Uh, I don't see the, old, uh, the running backs. Forget Kevin about Harris. it. Tight ends, like what tight ends do we have that are stud? Yeah, Mallory's a good a tight end, but but not not what we you know what I mean. Not, not what not we're accustomed to, bro. And, a and tight end that can block and make the big play downfield. And look, bro, you know he, he he's another guy, Mallory. He, I got called out on Twitter because it's like, bro, you're awesome with receiving and scoring touchdowns, but you're also six eight, six seven, bro. We need you to block. We need you to get better at blocking. You should want to be better at blocking because that's just gonna boost your stock when you hit the NFL. And I don't again. I don't know what the message is. I don't know what the message is, right? Because I'm not plugged into the program. Neither are you. Um, what I do hear from those close to the program, right, is that they're feeling like, okay, maybe Manny's not the answer. Maybe we need to go about a different way of recruiting these kids, and, and maybe get away from some of that stuff and focus more on like the football aspect of it and the talent evaluation. When recruits come to the campus, instead of putting the damn turnover chain in their hand for one play that doesn't mean shit, give them, them a Ed Reed jersey. Put them a crystal, the crystal football in their hand. Yeah. The old national championship trophy. Yeah. I forget what it was called. The BCS yeah. trophy, I the guess. BCS bowl. The BCS yeah. the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Put, put that in their hand, right? Put put a, a, a national championship ring in their hand. Nah, man. And you, you know what? what? Tell them, we, this is what we're expecting of you. We want you to bring this back, and we want you to go out there and, and, and go fight for this. And again, dog, show them the history of the U. Show them a Bernie Kozar jersey. Show them a Ed Reed. I, f- I feel you know like. A Joaquin Gonzalez. I feel like the alumni. Joaquin said dominate, and we're not doing that. That's the type of shit that they need to see. So they like, damn, dog. These guys were winning 35 to zip at halftime. And look at these guys I going feel like crazy. We've had that, though. I feel like Michael Irvin has been out there before. Yeah, and man. he's like, you like, this isn't UN football, like to other draft classes yeah, and stuff man. like that. And like, you know, he's really got on them for it. But uh, and look, now we face a, a team in Central Connecticut, Blue Devils. Don't ask me what conference they play in, okay? Don't ask me. It's not even worth mentioning. But they're one and two. This is a game that you look at and be like, okay. This is where it has to show up, right? Like, it has to show up here. It, like, if there's ever a freaking game where the blowout happens, it has to be this one. And although I'm confident that the Canes are going to win it, I don't really feel confident that we're going to blow them out, dog. And and the 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 hardcore UM fan in me is like, bro, of course we can blow them out. We got Derrick King. We got freaking Rambo just balled out. Harley's doing well. Like, we should be able to blow these guys out the water. I don't feel confident in saying that, dog. I only feel confident to in us a, a beating them. To a no-name team. To a no-name team. I only feel confident in us beating them. He think without. He think without that we don't lose this stupid game on a last-second field goal or some stupid penalty or some shit like that. These guys got to find a way to step it up, bro. And I'm talking directly to the players. At some point on the uh, on the line is your reputation. Right, because the tape doesn't lie. People are gonna be able to study your tape and see how what type of player you are. That shit doesn't lie. So you need to take it personal and say, "All right, maybe I can't make the play 
to make the play that makes the big play, but I can do my job and I can do it well. And if my job is to rush and get to the quarterback and to stop the running back in the backfield, then that's what I'm going to do over and over and over again. And let that be your consistency and have each individual take responsibility for that. And then again, as a unit, that that shit should elevate everybody automatically. But they need to have that hunger. And I don't know if they have it. I don't know if they have it, man. We'll see, man. I think but, that they got a good shot. Obviously, you know, after a loss, I should piss off a lot of people and hey. and kind of, you know, light a fire up under their ass. So I, I'm expecting a bounce back win from the Canes here. Me too. Um, well, let's, uh, let's see. Let's see what happens. Let's see, man. Let's see, bro. And, you know, we do got a shout out. A team that's been super hot. We haven't really been giving them too much love, dog. And they've been playing their hearts out. You know what it is. The Miami freaking Marlins, baby. Dude. <clears throat> there has been some crazy stuff going on with the Marlins lately. And Grant, to your point, we haven't really been talking about it, but, I mean, there's talent. There's talent there and there's promise, so we can't stray away from them too far because this is a long play. You know what I mean? Like, we're not we're not in it this year, but we need a lot of these pieces moving forward next year. And there's some really, really good things happening right now in Marlins baseball. Yeah, man, and they've been actually playing well as of late. Like you said, bro, we got a big win against the Washington Nationals the day before. Um, right now, at the time of recording, we're playing the Nationals uh, at the time. We're down 4-1. Uh, but like you said, the talent is is evolving on the team, right? Jesus Sanchez came into the team, bro, and that guy has been a freaking stick of dynamite. Hits a freaking home run in, like, this first Two plate appearances. Makes an amazing barehanded catch in the outfield the other day. A guy who is intent, kind of like I was talking about the Hurricanes, intent on playing well no matter what. I don't care if we lose the game or not, but I need to play well enough every single time and give my hardest effort in order to give my my team a chance to win the game. You know what I mean? And, and our homie, our show favorite, the homie Jazz, he has been killing it, yo. He dropped the bomb into the upper deck. Oh man, bro! And and I like the swagger too. My dog hit, and he was like, "Down, yeah, check that out, bro. That's gone. Nasty, nasty. That kid right there, man. We need more of that. We need more players like Jazz on our team. Love that kid. The passion that kid plays with. And I, I I think back to spring training. You know, five six months ago, whatever it was, when we were talking about him battling it out for the position. Yep, yep. You know, to now where where he's come, where you know where he's gone, where he's gone through like the progression and the improvement as as a skilled player as a batter as a defensive player i mean dude had two home runs in one game the other day bro and they were both bombs how many does he have throughout throughout the season do you know do you have that in front of you uh no i don't but i can find it um aguilar still in the team with 22 though but again we mentioned jazz because he's our favorite player man you know he's he brings that type of energy he has 17 yep that's what i just pulled up 17 home runs um, but he's he plays with that energy, right? So if you go to watch a Marlins game and you watch a Jazz play, you're like, damn, dog, this guy's really giving it his all. And he's having fun because he's playing well. And and that coincides with each other, you know what I'm saying? Like, in order to play well, you have to be having fun. You have to be loose. You have to be, like, kind of, like, relaxed, you know, like not too, not too tense about your performance. And I felt like once Jazz knew that that spot was solidified his and he has already played like 80-something games, 100, he's like, all right, I can kind of let it loose and just show my personality. Really show my personality and really let it hang out. And this guy has been killing it, man, the, the entire year. 
batting what? He's got 106 hits on the season, 18 doubles, four triples. We said this, the 17 home runs, 49 home runs. Like, batting 254. Come on, man. Like, what more do you want from a kid who's just gotten into this spot, right, on a team that's full of other young talent that find that it seems like they're finding a way to mesh? And, and maybe not necessarily in, in the terms of winning, right, because they're obviously sporadic. They'll win twice. They'll lose three times. They'll win one, win, lose, win. But more like, a, hey, we're a unit. You know, we're building a brotherhood here. Like everybody in here kind of believes in themselves and believes in the in the person next to them. So this can definitely bubble into something where it's like, yo, this is a real contender somewhere hidden here where we just need to add a couple pieces. Yeah, it doesn't seem like we have a toxic uh dugout, right? No, man. It's not like the Padres dugout, which yo. I don't know if you saw that the other day. Yo, Two Dominicanas going at it logo. But I don't know the whole story, but I feel like I'm on Manny Machado's side. I feel like Manny gets a bad rap. You know, shout out Manny, the hometown kid. Hometown G. Um, but I feel like he gets a bad rap. But from what I was hearing, what he was telling Tatis is basically the same. Set. Like a lot of people that I know that I'm like, you know, like, oh, what do you think about Tatis Jr.? And they're like, I don't really like him. You know, he's kind of a show off. He's cocky. He's very like self-centered and this and that. And like. That was kind of the sentiment that that he was like uh, portraying, like Machado was. Like he was like, he's like, bro, this is bigger than you, bro. Yeah. This is baseball. Yeah. It's not about what your last at bat was. It's about where the team's at right now. Yeah. Right. How are you and, helping us win? And I feel like for the Marlins, like that's something that we do have is a good locker room for the most part. Like we don't yeah. have that toxic locker room where there's people that don't get along and shit like that. I th- I just think we're missing a few pieces. I think we have some really good pieces to build off of. Obviously we got Jazz, we got Sanchez, we got T Raw, you know, we got we got a couple got- good pieces, but now we we need to add to that. Correct. Next, next year. Obviously this season's the wash. We're second to last in the division right now. We still got baseball to get guys, you know, some time out, you know, out there in the field, you know, get them some 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 innings played. Some action so they can develop a little bit more and see where we need to pick up next year. Absolutely, bro. And and look, something that we talked about in the beginning of the season for the Marlins, right, when we started to cover them a little bit more heavily, um, we wanted to see the young talent come out, right? We wanted to see kids called up from the AAA prospects and minor leagues and stuff like that and be like, you know what? This guy was rated. We got him in a trade. He's really high. Let's go out there and see what happens. And that's how you find players, you know what I mean? And that's how you find a guy like Jesus Sanchez, who was highly touted, but you never know what it's going to pan out to until the guy's actually in the field and making these amazing barehanded catches, you know what I mean? Like For no reason. He could no have he he easily used his glove. He like, just, he was, and the way he caught it, like I, like I would have been like, ah, but like it looked like he caught it like... Like he pressed it, it between his fingers before it hit his palm type shit. You know, what it I mean? made like, me think that his hands are like Moises Alou, where they're like calloused over bro. calloused over calloused. Because that guy never bat yeah. with batting gloves, so I'm pretty sure his hands like don't even feel like right, right, hands. right. And I'm sure Jesus Sanchez is on his way to yep. that. And yeah, bro, seeing the youth is is really exciting because again, we it's not only seeing the youth and them being terrible; it's seeing the youth get better and better and better and better and better by each game. Jazz is going to be a, a pretty much a all-star shoe-in next year if he keeps it up at this rate. Yeah. And absolutely. we're talking about a young 20-something kid who who just got a starting job in the market. And what we know? need to do is we need to make a big splash in the offseason. I think we yeah. need, I don't know what's out there and what's available. Yeah. Um I'll have to do a little bit more research for free agency next year, but I think that's I think that's what the Marlins need to do. You know, we have a couple of good pieces. I think we need to bring an outside guy that's a big free agent sign that, you know, has experience, that can has some locker room leadership. You know what I mean? Like, we need something like that that can yep. really bring this team together. 
And and look, you know, what I'm really expecting is for Jeter to com- continue to add to his investment. And Kim. Kim right? right? And Kim. But, like, they're going to work together. They're going to be obviously have a whole entire offseason together where they're going to be, be able to pull all these type of scouting reports and data and all this crap that these guys use for advanced metrics and just really pile it on together and be like, all right, let's put that together and throw some money at it and let's see what happens. And that can build into something really positive for the Martins. Like I said, man, these guys have a really good base and they can definitely, definitely be better in the years to come and use this base as a platform to jump off and, and really make a splash in the offseason, dog. Talking about making splashes, bro. I didn't hit a golf ball, but I saw a couple of golfers this weekend <laughs> putting the ball into the water, and I'm like, ah, yes. I can relate to that. The water hazard. I mean, we got USA right now taking on Europe. Um, yeah, Ryder Cup week, Ryder baby. Cup, I am pumped. Which is really dope because everybody gets hyped for that. Like, all these guys compete and shit, but once it's like, yo, we got to do this for our country, it's like, all right, all hands on deck. Yeah, because golf is individualistic, man. I mean, everybody plays it. It's not a team sport. Everybody, week in and week out, plays for themselves. Right. right. So when it comes to, like, the President's Cup or the Ryder Cup, it's a team event now. Now it's the USA. So it's like, forget, you know, our differences, you know, week to week that we see each other. Yeah. Now we got to work together to beat the enemy, which in this case is the Europeans. Um, I think they're that so far over the last nine matches, you, USA is uh, two and seven. So the Europeans have been dominating, dominating us. They've had our number. Um, I think that we are the favorites solely because of the fact that it's hosted this year at, at Whistling Straits in Wisconsin. Um, but I don't know, man. The, I that, feel like the USA squad is, is stacked. It is stacked, but like, I was looking at the guys that the USA team has, and they, they're they obviously all good golfers, but they look like both a majority of these guys are in a good groove, right? Like Tony Finau, he's in a good groove right now. He recently won a tournament, so he's feeling good about himself. Um, like, uh, what's yeah, for, his other for USA, uh, for USA, Bryson, right? Here, let, yeah, well, the whole storyline right now is the whole Brooks and Bryson thing. Oh, uh, people, Awkward. I'm, no, they, there's a video that went around of them talking to each other on the range, and yeah. they kind of already acknowledged it. Or I, like, I'm over that. I yeah. think the bigger deal is that Bryson is going to be competing in the World Long Drive Contest right after. after that. So I'm more concerned with Bryson's uh, swing and head for you know direction. That, you know what what what's more important to him is it that World Long Drive or is it this Ryder Cup more so than I am? How is he going to interact with Brooks? Because he mentioned something too Brooks about Brooks like now is in my shit list right now. <laughs> you got I love Brooks. <laughs> I love Brooks. Don't get me wrong, but right, he made some comments the other day where he was like, "Yeah, I, I don't see why I can't catch up to to, to Tiger with the majors." You know yeah, what I mean? Like, and, leave and, Tiger alone, big like, dog. Papa, you're nowhere near Tiger Woods. Leave no, Tiger. No, they are. Please, and, and look, I know you you're know, good, but you're not that good. So I'm not sure if it was uh, Brooks. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty confident it was him. He was even saying like, cause you mentioned where's his head at. Cause he was like, Oh, you know, this, I don't know about this. Like kind of making it seem like being on the U S Ryder cup team isn't like the biggest prestige or the he's biggest. He's like honor. that though. He downplays so, it all. So weird, which is like uh, obvious. He's honor. the cool guy. He's the cool guy. He's the you cool know, like guy. He downplays everything. And you know, that's where the storylines have been. But you know, I think that. It, the storyline needs to be, uh, can we beat this European team? I mean, on our Fine. side, we got Justin Thomas. We got your boy, Cantlay. My dog. We got um, Jordan Spieth. We got Xander Shoffley, Dustin Johnson, Tony Finau, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, Daniel Berger, Colin Morikawa, uh, Scotty Scheffler. And then on the other side of uh on the other side of things, on the European team, world number one, John Rahm, of course. Rahmanator. Rambo, scary. 
Um, you also have Rory McIlroy. A beast. Obviously. Sergio Garcia, who's in Ryder Cup format, is a beast. Another guy that's a beast in Ryder Cup format, Paul Casey. Victor Hovland. Um, who else do you got for these guys? Tommy Fleetwood, you know, with the beautiful, beautiful head of hair, the locks. He's been playing well too. These, they, that's what these guys do, man. They're in the, in the Ryder Cup. These guys thrive. So yeah. it's a matter of like, can we step up and be USA? Kind of like how we've been talking about, like the Hurricanes getting back to that old glory of Hurricane football, right? Can the freaking USA golf team get their shit together and stomp down these Europeans in the Bring world number back. one at home? You, yeah. you know, what's worse than a loss. Or a loss at home. home. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and look, it's something that I like we talked about, the, the U.S. team that you mentioned, I think it was like four out of those five guys have won a tournament in the last calendar year. Yeah. So I they mean, should be feeling it. confident. You know what I mean? They should be feeling confident heading into this, this tournament-style play because it is different. And that's probably why they haven't been able to win recently because they're like, mostly focus on their individual talent. I feel like this squad that they put together is more well-rounded to be like, okay, we can pair this guy with this guy and they can do this and we'll have this and we'll have this guy do the special of this in order to win the matchups little by little, little by little, little by little and try to beat the Europeans in, at their own game, so to speak, because they have that, that Ryder Cup formula down pat, obviously. So... Let's see, man. It's going to be interesting to see how these guys pull it off, bro. When does the tournament end? I think it ends on... It starts Friday. Right. They have uh, foursomes in the morning. Let's see. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, all times are... What's BST? Is that British Standard Time? I yeah. I don't even know what that is. I guess. B- I don't know what BST. that would mean for us, though. Yeah, that's weird. Let me. I got to look that up. In it's the, like seven hours. Ah, here we go. PGA Tour. That, that's the right way. So, television Friday, 8 a.m. on Golf Channel. Um, that's... Eight till seven all day, basically, on Friday. So in the morning we got one round. In the afternoon they got another round. Uh, Saturday it's eight uh, on eight to nine on Golf Channel, and then after that it's on NBC. And then Sunday closes out twelve to six p.m. I think that's individual play cool. on Sunday, um, where they go heads up basically for points, and that's twelve to six on NBC. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday kicking off Friday at eight a.m. Um, if anything, the most important day to watch, like we always say, is that Sunday. Absolutely. Because right? like, for us, you know, we like the ins and outs, so we like to see what sets up that Sunday. Right. right? So we like to see Friday and those pairings and, and the different formats. It's pretty cool. I mean, they do team and stuff, so they'll do a, a best ball. They'll do, which a best ball is everybody plays their own ball, and then the best score is the one that we take. They'll do a scramble, which is we both play the same ball, so UT off, IT off, and whatever the better result is, is better. we're going to play that continuation from that that shot, and, so, and we keep that going. And then there's alternate shot, which – that's probably one of the most fun to watch, especially for profession to, to watch professionals do it because they're Switch so back good. And forth, right. If you and I try to do it, that's that a disaster. Be terrible. <laughs> we'll be out there there's for so much hours. Pressure. You know you're like, but well, there's so much pressure. You're like, like if I gotta if I gotta drive the ball and like set up the tee shot, it's like, all right, I can't screw this up. I yeah, gotta put I gotta, you in a I gotta put in a good position. And then if I manage to do that, then you're like, I can't. Screw I can't this let him. Up. I, gotta I can't it. let him down, dog. I need to make this eight foot putt for the win. You imagine, bro? So, but these guys are really good and like they thrive off of that. So, like, whenever one of them, like you know, like a couple years ago, we had the the president's cup in australia and tiger and justin thomas were paired up and then Ty, uh justin thomas drained this crazy putt basically oh. to like seal it you know like their match or whatever to seal it and that's when he when he looked at him he was like i love me some me he, he, <laughs> he, uh, the old um 
I forget. I forgot who said that, but he he repeated that to him. He's like, "I love me some me," and that's like dope. it was hype, man. It was hype. It was crazy, and like I, that's what I love about these formats is that it brings out the team aspect that we never get to see in golf. Correct, and it's fun, bro. It's fun for the person who's viewing it, right? Um, because if you're a hardcore golfer, it's nice to get a a change in scenery and see these professionals do stuff that you and your buddies probably do week in week out when you go play at the golf course. And for anybody who's not a real golf enthusiast, they're gonna be able to look at the Ryder Cup and be like, "Yo, this is different. This is pretty cool. I didn't know that they could play golf like this or whatever." And they get to see countries com- the best of the best from the countries competing against each other, and and you can't beat that dog. But I got USA winning this shit, bro. Come on, son. You never no, go, I got you USA never winning go this shit though. The red, white, and blue. Never, baby. These colors unless, don't run. Unless it's somebody else's flag. Nah, which There's nah. plenty of other chill, flags chill, that are chill, around. Chill, but chill. You, USA, USA all the way. USA all day, baby. USA, USA all the way, baby. USA. 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 Let's go. Let's go. Um, That's so funny, dog. But now let's now let's go across the pond and root oh, for a team. Oh, got to go across the, the pond. Yeah. And, and they've been winning. So maybe the U.S. men's Ryder Cup team can look at them and be like, let's take some inspiration from this team right here. because. Chelsea keeps on, on rolling, Sunday, bro. This past Sunday, 3-0, right? Was it 3-0? 3-0, Papo. London a- is blue, in case y'all didn't know that, all right? We're the only team in London that has a European championship. Holla at us. What a game. That's what we do. Walk we beat Tottenham. Walk me through it. Um, Recap me. The first half, it was interesting because the lineup, well, first of all, we started Kepa because Mendy was hurt, and Mendy's obviously our best goalie, probably the best goalie in the world um, at the time, and f- you know, he had a, an injury that we wanted him to recover in these crazy mashup of games that we that we got coming up ahead. And it was really important to have this squad rotated, right, so that everybody's fresh. So in this game, we saw a semi-rotation. And really, that first half was like a pretty much a deadlock, bro. Um, Tottenham had more possession. They had more open chance plays. And they didn't really capitalize and even throughout them not capitalizing on the the opportunities they did have Kepa was there to make some important saves the offense for Chelsea we had plenty of opportunities to put these guys away early within the first 20 minutes we had two breakaways where it was pretty much like two on one on the defender and we walked away with two corner kicks no goals and some of that can be attributed to too much passing it's like no you dunk it no I dunk it no you score no I score no you score and that's good, right? Because obviously they want to play for the team. But at the same time, you need that killer instinct to be like, this ball's on my feet. I'm going to put this shit in the back of the net. Tuchel, man, the tinkerer. Because I don't know what he saw at halftime or or what type of changes he thought that he could make. But he made one change at halftime. He brought in Conte and he took out Mason Mount. And when I saw that, I was like, damn, that face right there. I was like, yo, Mason? Like, he's one of our best attacking options. Like, he's obviously a guy who's going to be able to like endurance wise keep up for the whole game offensively and with the defensive um responsibilities that D that he has. And then I was like, you know what? Let's see how this works out. And sure enough, just by inserting Conte into the game, it changed the whole dynamic of how Chelsea was playing. Because they felt his presence in the middle, right? Conte's presence in the middle and he was just able to boss the middle of the field. He even got a goal on the day. The first goal came from Thiago Silva. We were very persistent in that first, in that second half, and especially in those first five, seven minutes. It was like, all right, we got to get shots on goal, shots on goal, shots on goal. We were 
putting the pressure on him, putting the pressure on him. We finally get a corner. And, man, Thiago, he's such a veteran, bro. Late move into the box without nobody really even noticing that he's there. And then he's obviously the first one to jump through it and get it. Puts a great header on it and puts us up one zip. The second goal was even better because I felt like Conte, who's not really known for his offense, was just part of the offense to keep the pressure on Tyneham. And he shot that ball from, like, maybe 35 yards out the box, 30 yards out the box. And granted, it ricocheted off of somebody else and went in the goal. But if you look at the original trajectory of the shot, it was still going to be on goal. I don't know. Maybe he blocks it. Maybe he doesn't. But he got the credit anyways. And the third goal came from Rudiger. Uh, unlikely goal scorer, wow. an unlikely goal scorer who, again, was up there because of the amount of pressure that we were putting on Tyneham. You know, for us to have two defenders score in one game, essentially three, because Conte is also a defender, right. um, was pretty crazy. Yeah, but Rudiger's not a guy you normally hear. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? And even him, he made a beautiful cutback inside the box and was able to put a one-time shot into the back of the net on the far post. And it just looked like he had done it in training a million times. That's that flow that Chelsea was playing with, where it's like, it doesn't matter who is here. We all know what we're doing. We all know what our abilities are and what we're trying to accomplish here. Yeah. So when Chelsea's clicking like that, bro, it's, it's, I feel like it's almost impossible to stop, man. And again, we, we go with our backup goalie and we still don't allow a goal defensively. We put up a great defensive game, bro. The EPO is, is is, is on full alert that Chelsea is not to be played with and we are the real deal right now and even in European tournaments bro um, Champions League we won against Zenit we come back into a quick turnaround game against Steinham beat them 3-zip so meanwhile this whole season we've only had like one goal scored on us and it was from a penalty like those are the things that we're looking at and it's like yo we're killing it now we got a mid-game week for the uh um league cup against aston villa and then after that we're gonna have a, another matchup on saturday against manchester city big game um i feel confident in chelsea's ability to win these games and continue rolling because i really feel like they're the best team in, in soccer right now sorry everybody it is what it is they're number one in the standings that's number one what that means number one baby and if it wasn't for that goal that weak ass goal that liverpool got on us they probably would have lost that game once yeah. so it is what it is uh we're looking forward to bigger and bigger things um i'm definitely going to be watching chelsea out there at like three o'clock in the morning four o'clock in the morning when i'm in vegas but that's what you do when you're a Chelsea diehard, bro. You're going to watch it, It'll man. be later in the day. Oh, man, the game's at 7 on Saturday. 7 Eastern. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, you're going to be have to be up. I'm not, well, you're going to be up at 4 in the morning. I'll be up. <laughs> I'll be up. That's easy, bro. It's that's Vegas. easy. That's cake. That's the last thing I'm worried yeah, about, bro. bro. That's the last thing I'm worried go about. Go to the sports book first. Go place a little bet ski you on know, You know? You know? Maybe parlay it. Put my green down on the blues and make some more green? Why not? Sounds like math to me. Hey, bro. I'm pretty good at math. Sounds, but, like, um, sounds like art to me. Yeah, bro. Yo, Joel, not for nothing, Doc, but today has been an amazing day for the podcast, dog. We've we've literally done what, like two shows? Yeah. In one I mean, day. This is the first time we do this. We did a collab episode earlier today, which won't be on the sports with social platform, but right. it was a collab with our, our, our host essentially, CIC Miami. Shout out to um, CIC. We'll put man. that out. If you guys want to check that out another time, we basically we did a collaboration with a couple other creatives. Uh, that do, you know, other things in the creative space from, like, video editing to community building and things like that. Yeah. Um, but that was dope. I mean, we had a first time that we did that yeah, uh, man. as podcasters or whatnot. Right. And then now, obviously, we got to do our due diligence for our listeners. And, Absolutely. And we're going to hold on our episode, and 
It's about that time, bro. It's time, bro. It's time. This bad Let's boy wrap up. this baby up. Let them know what they got to do. My dog, I really appreciate you, bro. Like I said, man, we put in that work today. Um, everybody who's out there listening, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Continue to follow us on social media. That means Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast on all platforms. Follow my dog, Joel, on, on his golf page, too, man. Miami Golf Bros. Check my dog out. But um, it's time to tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell one more friend. To tell another friend. To tell another friend about this dope-ass podcast that we got going on in Dade County. All right? We rep the Hurricanes. We rep the Dolphins. We rep the Marlins. We rep the Panthers. We rep Chelsea. We rep everything that's locally down here. But you know what we rep most of all? You guys. So keep checking us out. And until next time, peace. peace.